Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Mesech Teshkolim, Perik Vav, Mishnah Gimel, and Mishnah Dalet. And we opened up the Perik talking about how there were 13 times one bowed in the temple. There are 13 tables that are in the temple. And also, for the purposes of Shkolim, there were 13 boxes where people put money. So we just started to discuss how they would bow. The sages instituted people bowed 13 times in the temple. Where would they bow? And 14th for the house of Regum Lil. Where would they bow? Arbabat Safon, four times in the Safon, which is the north. Then they would go, as you moved on, Arbadorum, four times in the south of the courtyard. Shalsh with Mizdach, three were in the east. Ushtayim Bamariv, and two were in the west. Keneged Shalsh Asar Sharim. And these bows corresponded to, and were opposite to, not correspond, excuse me, were opposite to the 13 gates of the courtyard. Now you're saying, what are the 13 gates? I suggest you look at a map, but let's just go through them. Here are the names. Each, the, most of the gates had names, and these are the names. Uh, the courtyard. So nearest to the west was the Shara Elion. The upper gate was closest to the west. Shara Delek, the kindling gate, that's where they'd bring the fire through from there to the altar. Shara Bechorus, next that was the gate of the firstborns, where generally if you had a firstborn animal, you'd bring it through that as a carbon. You didn't have to, but that was generally done. And then lastly was Shara Hamayim. The gate closest to the east was called the water gate. And why was it called the water gate? On Sukkot, they would pour water on the altar, it's part called Nisach HaMayim, and they brought the water in the flask through that gate. Well, let's be Yaakov, I'm no, Bo HaMayim Mechapin V'Asidin Lios Yotzim Itachas Maftan Habayis. Yecheskel tells us in Yecheskel Mem Zayin that the, in the time of the of Mashiach, in the Messianic times, there's going to be a trickle of water that's the size of a locust antenna, which will originate under the holiest of the holies, and it'll begin to expand as it goes and moves towards the southern gate. So in anticipation for this, they would na- they named it the water gate. Opposite these gates in the north, beginning on the nearest uh, on those nearest to the west of the courtyard were Shar Yuchna, the gate of Yechonya, who's that we'll get, see in a minute. Shar Kaban the gate of the offering. Uh, they would bring an offering to that courtyard. In Shar Nashim, if a woman wanted to be present when they brought her offering, she'd enter through that gate. In Shar Shir, the gate of song where the musical instruments were used during the temple service. As we learned, we learned Psachim, is it possible to bring us carbon and not have singing? Why was it called Shar Yechanyu? So who was Yechanyu? He was the king of, of, of Judea, and he was exiled. So before he was exiled, he went into the temple, and he bowed down, and then he let out, and he, he exited that gate as he was on his way to exile into the diaspora, into the Gullus. The Mizrach Shar Niknar in the east was the Shar Niknar. What's Shar Niknar? Niknar was a very righteous and wealthy man who traveled from Alexandria. He brought these massive copper doors. And on the way, the boat hit some sort of storm, and they needed to balance the boat, so they took one of his doors and threw it into the water. And yet, still, the boat continued to capsize, so they took the other door, at which point Nicomar uh, jumped, and he clasped onto these doors and said, if you throw the door in the water, I'm going with it. Either way, the storm subsided, and he got to Israel and saved his door. The problem was he was despondent and extremely pained over the fact that he lost one of the doors, and lo and behold, the, the Gemara Numa tells us on Daf, Laman Ches, Amad Aleph, that the door had floated and ended up in the port of Israel. So he donates these big doors, U Shnei but it happens to be there were two smaller gateways within these doors because the doors were so massive, they didn't always want to open and close them, so they attached two smaller openings. One on the right and one on the left. There are two gates in the western wall of the courtyard that not even have a name at all. Then the Mishnah says, 
as we said, there was 13 tables. There were 13 tables in the temple. Eight tables were made of marble, and they were in the butchering place in the north, north of the altar. That North of the altar, they had these big tables that were used for butchering. The Kohen, in order to bring the intestines as part of the carbon, they'd first have to wash, wash them. So they had these tables that allowed the Kohen to, to rest these uh, intestines on the table when they washed them. Two more stood at the west of the ramp leading up to the altar. So those were there as well. And that's where they put the. They, uh, see, one was made of marble, one was made of silver. On the marble table, they placed the limbs when they're ready to be burnt. They put them on there and then they'd carry them up. And then on the silver one, they placed the klishares, which were the service vessels. And there were 93 that were used daily in the temple. They'd be resting on this table. Fine. Two more additional tables were located inside the antechamber leading into the temple proper. One was made of marble, one was made of gold. The Kohana would make the lechem upon him, the showbread, and they'd place it onto this, this table of marble before it before they picked it up from there and put it onto the actual shulchan. The echad and the other one was made of gold and when they when the at the end of the week at the conclusion of the week when they removed the lechem that week's lechem upon it from the shulchan they placed it on this gold this gold table now why did they just make both of them out of out of out of uh out of marble. Shemal Bakoj in Lomaridum, we have a principle called Mailum Bakoj in Maridum. But once something goes up in Kadusha in sanctity, it doesn't descend in sanctity. Which is why, if you have a safer Torah, you can't necessarily cut out the Parsha of Mezuzah and use it as a Mezuzah, because once something of extreme sanctity, we don't lower it in sanctity. So once these Lechapanu had been placed on a gold table, as in the one in the sanctuary, we're not now going to go and place it on a marble one. The Echad Shalzav. And the gold table, the one which we're most familiar with, was the one which the Lechapanim were continuously on. I wish you all a wonderful day.